Alright. Um, let's go with the uh, transferring tape one. Saturday, June 15th, year 2014. Everybody, the day after Friday, the day before Father's Day, and stuff like that there. And hello, Patricia. Hello, Alden. You're going to start turning down and down and down. Okay, let's do that now. Carl, you just be patient. We have to take care of Patricia. Otherwise, she will be deaf for the rest of the night. That's right, and we can't have that. No, we can't have that. No. Okay. Now, is that better? Keep going. Hello Keep there. Going. Hello. 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 Keep going. Hello. Hello. Oh, Hi. you can go back up a little bit. Okay. One, <laughs> two, three. You get really aggressive. One, two, three. One, oh, two, three. Right there. Okay. Right, right there. Yeah. Now, let me look over here oh, by the collar. Nope you, nope. you went back up again. What happened? You mm. leaned into your microphone. Now I'm still there. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. All the way down. You're not going in the right direction. Oh, I am, but it's just I'm doing it really slowly. One, okay. two, three. Hi there, Patricia. Yeah. This is your lovable who is talking to adorable. <laughs> and we're trying to protect her ears. We'll have the <laughs> Lloyds of London kick out an insurance policy. I think yeah. ten, $10 million. Yeah, that's the ticket. Ten, Keep going. $10 million would do it, probably. Or something. Something like that. You can keep going. Okay, Carl. You just stay there. And, Patricia, I am completely Now, off. where did you go? Well, I shut myself I tell there. him to keep going, and he disappears. <laughs> Hello, there. Hello, A there. Up Hello. I'm right here. Can you hear me Yeah, here? I know. You're way up again. Do you have anything in the middle between zero and a thousand? How about that? I'll live with it. Okay. That's fine. Okay, now the caller I have, before we bring the caller on here, you're a very patient caller. Let me, uh, let me adjust this here. Let me look at here. Maybe I can bring you that down this way. <laughs> okay, are you okay here? Um, this is fine. We'll live with this. Okay, let me bring the caller down because I'm asking they're going to be a little loud for you too. Okay. 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 I'm going to buy a new phone and see if that works. I think I'm going to have to do something. I'll give you a uh, headset that has uh, independent up and down features besides the phone. I've got independent up and down features, and I can't go down far enough. Oh. 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 Who's on the phone? Do we really have somebody on oh, the phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello there, Carl. Thank you for being so patient. Hi, how you doing, guys? Hi, Paul. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Patricia, and how are you? I am hanging in there. It is Saturday. It's always good to have a Saturday with the gang. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wallen, how are you doing? I am fine. Just um, 
my mama is away. She's in the Wyoming, in Jackson Hole. So the three boys, my dad and the two sons, are going to try to see if we can survive without mama. So we've done it for two days. We got four more days. And so we're finding out all the local pizza parlors, fast food restaurants. Um, the Hughes guys batching it is kind of a scary thought. <laughs> so, so that that is part of the of the tales and just trying to trying to manage a convention and trying to put out fires. You know, with different issues that come up with the convention. It's been an interesting. 48 hours. So, um, and I'm looking forward to the trip to Seattle. Looking forward when I come home. And I got other projects sitting in front of me. So, life is good. Well, great. <laughs> is your mom at a family reunion? Or? My mom, uh, she graduated from high school in 1957. And there were 57 kids in her class. They have an annual reunion every five years, but there were nine girls that were really close. So during the off years, they picked a fun place to get together, and they chose to be in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this year. So uh, my mom and her girlfriends all are all having a sleepover, you know, together. <laughs> a jammer party. <laughs> well, that's so cool. <laughs> that's true. So, uh... So they're, they're way out in the boomies, you know, where the Green River is and Yellowstone National Park and, you know, uh, where the bears. Red mountains and purple skies. Yeah, and where the bears. Very colorful. Where the bear roams and the yeah, buffalo play. The um, buffalo. Yeah, where buffalo the. Buffalo roams, too. Yeah, buffalo roams and the, and the antelope plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was born in '57. Wow, well, that's a good year. That's a yes, good year. It is good year. Let's see here now. Case 1957 is your birthday year. Yes. I have a trivia question. What? Best. What famous song that was named after a girl? who was introduced by Debbie Reynolds and written by the uh, songwriting team Livingston and Evan. Can you name me the song? Oh, boy. No, it's and a lot of, name. it was such a popular song, a lot of girls were named after the song after it was introduced in a movie and it became a major record. A lot of girls were named after the song? Yep. But it was, and it was sang by a girl? It was sang by Debbie Reynolds. And, it, and it's about a girl. Uh-huh. Well, that messes up Peggy Sue. That's true. That was uh, Buddy Holly. That's right. That was also 19. Well, then you keep going in and out on me. Well, I'm sorry, Patricia. Well, no, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm losing you, and then everything is fine, and I don't know if it's my phone, my ears, or... Are you leaving your microphone away again? No, no I'm right here. Wow. He's okay. good for me. Okay. Well, we're just going to, you know, what what we could do, uh, Patricia and I could use sign language. Now you're gone. 
Well, we could use sign language. There you go. Yeah, we could use sign language, Patricia. I could sign yeah. everything to you. <laughs> right, and what am I going to do for you? You're fine. Right where you are, you're fine. your CDs are. Say again, Paul. Say again, Paul. You got to turn your TVs on so you can do the sign language. That's true. Yeah, she has to turn on her video cam. I, and then what? I don't know. Well, because <laughs> I don't know sign language, it'd be very unique. <laughs> you're, you're not too good on the receiving end either. <laughs> well, I'm willing to give it a try. You but know, you it, got your little antennas up, but I don't think they're receiving anything. So, yeah, so what's your weather out there? How's the weather out there, Paul? You know what? I haven't stepped out today, um, so I don't know how warm it is, actually. But the AC was running. Uh, I just turned it up a little bit, so I'm guessing it's pretty, uh, pretty nice day. It has been the last days, but honestly, I don't know. Okay, you're off the hook. I won't demand that you go out and look. I'm not dressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the neighbors thank me for not demanding that you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could go. I could go to the front door and open it with just my head looking out. Um, they want to know. Not, no, you better not take the chance. Oh, I, I wouldn't expose myself. <laughs> <laughs> you better not take the chance. You know, okay. people's perceptions are a little wonky sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes I'm, when the, when uh, they come and deliver mail, UPS or something, they ring the doorbell, and then I hurry up and run out there, but it's too late. I see this thing driving away, but then I see a package there. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'm tempted just to grab it. But um, only, I'm in my underwear and a T-shirt, though. Yeah. So I, I guess I can't quite. Yeah. That. My my standard response is, could you leave it, please? And 99% of the time they say, oh, sure. Yeah, well, they, it is already sitting there by the time I get there. And yeah, yeah. Don't keep knocking. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Okay, I have product. I still have some product trivia questions. You want a product trivia question or an all-time radio one? Go ahead with the product. Let's give it a let's, let's give, give it, it a, a shot. Okay. I'm going to give you four products. I want you to give me one. Just identify only one. First one is Tuffy. You know, like he's really tough, Tuffy. Maypo. What what's that? Maypo. Maypo? Walden? Maple is it Mary Patricia? Maple M, as in Mary A Y P O. Maple, okay. Maple, like it's it's kind of a takeoff on maple. Okay. Big mouth. Big mouth. Say again. Big mouth. And luster. Yes. Uh huh. Big mouth. Mouth. Yammer yammer. He's got a big mouth, M -O that one. M-O-U-T-H, yeah, big yeah. mouth. And luster cream. Mustard cream? Yep, luster cream. Luster cream, shiny luster cream. Luster cream. Okay, so we've got Tuffy, Maypo, Big Mouth, 
luster cream. I want one, just one. I'm supposed to just say what the product is. Just uh-huh. one, yes. Well, I would I would guess that the maple is a uh, syrup. No. One down. No. Nope. Nope. One down. Oh boy, then I don't. I don't know. You haven't been listening to your old time radio. Well, I have. I slept really solid today, though. I I just got a, a new some new headphones yesterday. Really expensive. There's these Dr. Dre ones, you know. Yeah. Um, they they are over the ears. The leather leather covered cushions, and it's um, the um, automatic noise reduction. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are big. Those are good. Good piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't hear what's going on in the rest of the house <laughs> or anything. Right. And it's good. And, so if they yell fire, you're just going to sit and listen. Pardon me. If they if they yell fire, you're going to just sit there and listen. Yeah. Uh, well, after I woke up just before you guys came on, I actually been thinking about that. Um. I have 15 days to decide whether or not I like these. <laughs> um, that, is, that is a concern. Uh, I have some other idiosyncrasies, like uh, the left one. If, if you if I move it all against the, the pillow, because because they're kind of so like airtight against my ear, it actually has a thin aluminum membrane on the left side and an oil can, you know, it's like it, as it mm-hmm. responds to the air pressure. Rate. Yeah, they'll loosen up a little bit as as you wear them. We have to keep going on the trivia question, Paul, and I will ask you, um, who was Mayor Latrivia? Okay. Uh, Latrivia He's on um, uh, Shiver McGee. That's right. And Molly. That's right. He, he's the one that always gets uh, fumbled up in words as they misunderstand him and he gets frustrated. Yep. He blusters. You, he blusters. You bet. Okay. What would you like? You have earned. Did. Thank you. Did you happen to find that a spy catcher? I haven't had time to look for my shoes. No, I haven't. She has I done. haven't even looked yet. Okay. Well, you have me marked for another one if you weren't able to find it, right? Well, Not sure. I think it was Jack Benny. Yep, it was Jack Benny. Okay. So, so just, you know, keep the spy catcher in mind, but if you can't find it or if it's you just keep not getting to it, you can just go ahead and switch to the Jack Benny. Well, I will just add Jack Benny to the list, and if I can't find Spycatcher, I'll let you know, and um, you can tell me what you want instead. Right. Okay. So last, last week's win and, and this week's win. You bet. Okay. So we got it. That. 
Okay, well, Paul, you stay in good shape. You be healthy and um, have a good week. Maybe we'll talk to you later. You might very well do that. Take you care. Up late tonight, or who knows? I, I it depends on Patricia. Haven't Patricia and I have been so busy we haven't talked to figure out what we're doing. So uh, who knows? We'll see. Okay. No, are you playing any old time radio stuff? Yep, we do have we do have uh, a Fibber McGee and Molly picked out. So uh, okay, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Oh, Patricia, I listened to the the crummy radio <laughs> show yesterday. <laughs> you mean was it Thursday? Yeah, Friday. Right. Her awful show. I agree with you on that one. I I listened to the one yesterday for a second time when the show was playing. And I underestimated it. It is even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big sports person, but that is frustrating. Listening to that. For anyone who missed it, it was hit that ball. It had two announcers, one umpire, three sports writers, three baseball managers, and they were so up on their baseball, they kept calling them the MGR, um, and questions that were worth a single, a double, or a home a home run? Uh-huh. Yeah, a home run. And they were drawing questions out of the bucket, trying to get information about personal statistics from the six guys, and they said they had a board that represented a baseball diamond up in the studio so people could keep track of this. Excuse me, guys, this is radio. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have display boards on radio. So it was pretty awful. It, it was just dreadful. So I'm glad that um, you agree with me. I'll put that on my list. So, Okay, Paul, we will talk with you maybe later. All right, you guys. Take, Love you. Same here. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Okay, I have something about Felix the Cat. This is from Ray. Ray in Chicago said in an email, he said, Topper was Hopalong Cassidy's horse, horse's name, and, and that, of course, was correct. And he said, gosh, you know, I think Walter Tetley's cat in The Great Gildersleeve, uh, Leroy's cat in The Great Gildersleeve was Felix. And I knew Felix wasn't right. And you and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, not, not yesterday, last week. I'm, my brain is not working very well tonight, so I'm asking <laughs> for kindness and consideration. Um, and I said it was a really stupid name. This was before I talked to you, Walter. It really was, it really was a stupid name. But I have to tell you, I could not stand it any longer. I went out and looked for Leroy's cat, and he did have two cats. We were talking last week about one cat or two cats, and mm -hmm. it was a stupid name. Please please say what the stupid name was. Oh, this, well, maybe the caller might want to guess. Hello, caller. You know the, the cat's name? Um... It's a stupid name. Yeah, that's stupid what name. Yeah. Well, that's stupid what, was his that, name. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that's what Patricia thinks hey, it is. Stupid. Right? <laughs> Hi, is this Ron? This is Ron. Hello, Ron. How are you? Ah, uh, um, how was the visit to the post office? Did they well, still give you a bad time? 
we're still engaged in all-out war. We are moving to Washington on Monday. She's going up, up, up the up the bureaucracy. Yes, and and I was told by this uh, Ron. I'm not ashamed of myself, but after she told me what three of them thought it might say, I asked, "Can any of these people read?" And she said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the level we're dealing with here. So she wants me to wait until Monday until she talks with another person because these two said, no, my post office was right, but she thinks I'm correct. I said, Look, we're talking about your rules and regulations, your own rules, and I'm getting three different opinions from three different people, and it only means one thing. I will contact Washington. I want to hear from you, but I'm going to contact the consumer advocate in Washington. She said, oh, they'll just send the complaint down to us. I said, I don't think so. Even if you showed them what page they could find it on. I did. Ron, I swear to you, I did. I showed them the brochure. I showed them the page in their own manual. And they're looking at this and saying, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. The individual um, has to be blind and can mail to each other, and they can mail out, but nobody can mail to them except a library. Hmm. Okay. Very, very interesting. This is the Fort Myers Post Office and the Tampa Consumer Affairs Department, in case anybody missed it along the way. Would you like me to repeat that? Yes. Fort Myers Post Office. Tampa Consumer Affairs Division. I want to make sure people understand where this is. Oh, we, yeah, we got it. Hey, happy Father, well, Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you're, Thank the, you. you're the only dad of the three of us. That's right. Yeah, that's so happy right. Father's Day to you. I've never been a father. I'm so disappointed. We, we got <laughs> to find that. Paul Peterson song. You know, my dad. Oh, I didn't know he sang that. Yeah, that's a good song. You know that song, Walden? Uh-uh. I, I know Paul Peterson, but I don't know the song. I know he had some songs in the early 60s, but I did not know that was one of his songs. Let's see. Uh, yeah, she's I, going you guys are talking. I'll go to YouTube and see if it's up there. What do you bet? How is your weather there? Paul Peterson, my dad. Here we go. There you go. It's a good start us up again. Hold on. Am I um, on tune? Am I loud enough in balance with Walden? Yeah. I can hear two of you. Okay. My dad, Paul Peterson. <sighs> That's a good song. Anyway, um, what were we talking? Oh, I, I give up. What's the name of the cat? Well, the name of the cat, well, then give him the stupid name, and I'll give him the easy name. Aesop. Oh, my gosh. Like the fairy tale person? Yeah, right. Okay. Aesop. And... The one I found was Tom. So 
So he did have two cats. Aesop must have been the Christmas one, was it, Walden? Correct. It was the, it was the Christmas kitty. Yeah. And I think he dragged one home one time in the middle of the year. It wasn't associated with any holiday, but he wanted a pet. And um, he dragged this ratty old cat home <laughs> with the excuse similar to look what followed me home type thing. So I guess that one was the, the Tom one. But um, I, I had just heard a couple of weeks before the Christmas show in which he got the cat. And wouldn't you think I'd remember the name, for goodness sakes? Okay, okay, all right, Ron. What was, what was Leroy's name of his best friend? Oh, my, I, I remember, oh, gee, um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. They call. And I'll go one better. You know him by his nickname. I know his real name. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> let the other callers <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I, oh, I know it. it's on the tip of my tongue and it just won't spill out. It won't fall off, right. Hey, well, good luck at the post office. <laughs> well, I think we're to the point where somebody ought to be wishing them good luck. I don't, uh. I don't bite into something very often, but when I do, I am a pit bull. I do not let go. Okay, now here's the other good grocery question. When Marjorie got married, what became her married name? Mrs. Bronco. That's it. That's Bronco, her first name. Yeah, I know. So she was Mrs. Bronco. She was Mrs. Bronco. Yeah. No, they did have a last name. Her father, Bronco's father was a little absent-minded. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was absent-minded. And I think that's where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> absent-minded. Oh, my gosh. Leroy Forrester, Margie Forrester married... Bronco. Bronco. What was Bronco's last name? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, Walden, ask me what I know tonight. You have to be kind to me. Oh, I'm I'm just going to ask the listeners. I'm just going to take care of Patricia. I'm, I'm going to give you a hard one. You can jump in whenever you feel like it, so that way you can look smart when you feel like it. Okay, yeah. I can I can tell you um, Leroy's friend's name. What? But I'm, not, but I'm not going to because you said we have to wait for other people. That's right. So Ron made the rule. I'm going to cut off and wait to the other caller's call. <laughs> Hello, Ron. Ron. Chicken, chicken, chicken. <laughs> when he runs away, he runs away. He's gone? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Goodbye, Ron. 714-545-2071. What is Leroy's best friend name? What is Marjorie's married name? Hello there. You're on the air. John from Maryland. Hi, John. Oh, hi, John. How are you doing? All right. And uh, Leroy's motor uh, uh, pet, Leroy's friend was Piggy Bang. That's right. That's one down. I don't know. I don't know his correct name. Walden. Yes. 
I told you about two years ago, and I have no hope that anybody would remember it. As far as I know, it was only mentioned on the show one time in the whole run. I think you're right. No, I don't recall that. Okay, what about Marjorie's married last name? I know it was Bronco and... Uh... I think it's Mrs. Bronco. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. What's the name of her two kids, her two twins? Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play um, little Craig and little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, would you like to go out and have coffee with me while Walden has a good time? <laughs> but uh, uh, Tammy was the name of the song that he couldn't. Get That's to. right, Tammy. That was Debbie Reynolds' big hit. 1957. Tammy. Tammy. Great. Uh, John, you are so good at this stuff. Luster cream shampoo and Mapo is uh, children's Christmas uh, Christmas <laughs> breakfast cereal. Very good. Do you remember any of the Mapo commercials? Yeah. The television commercials? Yeah. I, the reason I had to watch them was because the kids watched them. Because the kids watched them. Well, they're up on YouTube. And I, I go out every once in a while. I look at some of the stuff on my list, and I go out and see if there's anything on YouTube. Well, Marky and Napo are up on YouTube. Um, and he's got one. There's one where his uncle is asleep on the couch. And he Marky creeps in, and he puts Napo in the guy's hat. I mean, they're really very well done and funny, but they're really simple cartoons. But they're funny. I like them a lot. Yes, Marky was the spokesperson. Maple was the cereal. Piggy yeah. Banks was the best friend. My gosh, you are hot tonight. <laughs> well, I got time to think. I think I'm the third caller tonight. I'm not sure. Yep, that you is are. correct. You are. My gosh, you can even count callers. What's that? You can even count callers. You yeah. are really hot tonight. Yeah, well, sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. <laughs> sometimes you feel like enough. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes you don't. Ah, oh, okay, what what commercial said sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't? Almond, almond, almond joy. That's right. And what was the other? Oh, almond mounds and almond joy. Mounds and almond joy. Almond joy is simply a mounds bar with two almonds on it. Yep. That's what it was, two almonds. That was a good candy bar. Mounds was good. Candy anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I never wanted to waste all of the good spots for two crummy nuts. They made the candy bar smaller because there were nuts on there. I don't think that was fair. Well, they were coconut. I like coconut. Yeah, they were coconut filling. It was chocolate-covered coconut. Mm -hmm. That was good. And the Hershey bar had almond. almond uh, had uh, Hershey bar with nuts in it. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. That was lumps. I didn't eat lumps. I don't like lumps in my food. <laughs> John, when you were growing up, what was the biggest candy bar for a nickel? Were there, were there were all the big candy bars the same size for a nickel, or was there one really bigger than the other? No, I think uh, O. Henry and uh, Brock and uh, Fifth Avenue bars and O. Henry bars, I think they were all about the same size. 
But I something that go away. What was in an O'Henry bar? O'Henry? Yeah. Yeah. What was in an O'Henry bar? Peanuts and, and um, nougat, chocolate covered. So it was kind of like a Snickers bar. Yeah, I never had, basically, I never a, lot had of, a, sneakers, but... a lot of those candy bars, basically, they were the same thing, you know. <laughs> Different wrappers. <clears throat> but like I say, I don't, when the war hit, everything changed, you know. And Yeah. No sugar, no goodies, had to make do with I, an awful lot of stuff. You could never buy chewing gum. Chewing gum was almost impossible to buy. Really? I'm surprised yeah. at that. Um, as a, I thought I had read in a couple of places that artificial sweeteners were pretty big during the war, that there were a couple available. So I would have thought that gum would be one of the things on the market. Did they use the gum substance for other purposes? I'll tell you, I don't remember artificial sweeteners during the war. Hmm. A lot of people used honey. You could get honey. Uh huh. But I don't. I don't. I think you could only get like. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a pound or five pound of sugar a month. I know it wasn't a lot. No. Pound. <laughs> no, especially for a family because uh, moms baked at home. It was a treat if you went to the bakery for something special, and baking at home you used a lot of sugar. That's right. That's why I see a lot of the, and a lot of them, the old go next door and borrow a cup of sugar. You ever hear that? Oh, yes, yeah. and they brought it back. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, they brought it back. On I Love Lucy, they will still do it on I Love Lucy. Here's the cup of sugar I borrowed, <laughs> and they really meant it. They borrowed sugar what would and the brought other, it back. What would the other item that people would borrow from the neighbor besides sugar? Eggs. Eggs. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't milk, because you could get milk. So it was eggs, wasn't it, John? Well, flour or eggs, yeah. Okay. It, those, those were plentiful, those. But, uh, it's like our trivia questions. It was plentiful if you had some. But if you ran out and it wasn't shopping day. Well, we survived to get bubble gum and things like that. They were yeah. impossible. Impossible to get. Impossible. I'm, I was coming out here. Um, I'm kind of roaming around, which is, well, the way, wherever we are on the sound, it is absolutely perfect. You made magic. <laughs> I tried. Well, you did. I am looking up saccharin because I know saccharin has been around forever. Well, I remember. Saccharin was the first one. I yeah. remember what, when, I, when we started worrying about the health. Consequences about in the 70s, the late 70s on saccharin. Mm, I think that was aspartame. Not aspartame. Um, I think aspartame was afterwards. As, it was afterwards, but there was something in um, a can called Tab. Cyclonates. Cyclonates, that's what it was. Well, that wasn't during the war. They were, they, they, no, I, no. I can and guarantee I, there was no artificial sugar during the war. This this looks a little weird. It says its first known use was 1674. Hmm, that seems weird. Well, it, now, yeah. the gum, I'm assuming, was made out of a rubber tree, or am I wrong? Well, it chickle. A chickle tree. It was some kind of tree in South America, not 
quite sure. It was some kind of gum tree, really. Yeah, shickle. Because C H I C H I C L E. Oh, shickle. I never it's, gum, it's not good for you. Kid, I knew we had a rubber shortage with tires, so I get uh, Patricia says shickle, a shickle tree. I get. Yeah, that's where they named chicklets. Chicklets. That, oh. That's right. They named chicklets after where the source. Mm-hmm. Chicklets candy coated chewing gum. And I, I don't know. Is it still on the market? Yes. Yeah, chicklets are still on the market. Yeah. All right. Who made Spearmint? Was that a Wrigley product? Wrigley's. Wrigley's Wrigley Spearmint gum. Were there any other gum manufacturers besides Wrigley? Uh, treat. T-R-E-E-T. Beach nut? Treat and Fleers. Fleers. Okay. Fleers. Fleers chewing gum. Huh. Did you buy beach nut chewing gum also, John? Did I? Beach My favorite when it got back on the market was Juicy Fruit. <laughs> Food and Drug Administration, 1958. Um, 1958, they were issuing warnings, but that was removed. And it looks like it was set on the market sometime in the late 1800s. It was in the late 1800s, they probably didn't even shoot chewing gum. <laughs> okay, it says, although saccharin was commercialized not long after its discovery, and that was like 1874, it was not until sugar shortages during World War One that its use became widespread. Its popularity further increased during the 1960s and 70s among dieters with uh, calorie-free sweeteners. So it was World War One they started using this. Yeah, but it, I, I don't remember ever getting anything but artificial sweeteners on anything. Wasn't yeah. It, wasn't Wrigley Bakery a penny per stick, right? You could, They had vending machines. You'd put a penny in and you'd get a stick of gum. So can you imagine building your fortune on a penny a penny of product? That's pretty good. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, and you had to provide the machines, too. I wonder if the store owners well, that, had to do What about gu gumball machines? Were gumball machines available during the war, John, or no. af after no. the war? You could get, I can remember just before the war. Uh -huh. I, I think I talked about this once before. We went to the, to the uh, confectionery store, we called them, and you could get a nickel's worth of candy. You get five things for a nickel, and one of them was a gumball. How big was the gumball? About the size of a large marble. Ah. What about something that was named Jawbreaker? Yeah, Jawbreaker, but I don't think that had any candy. That was just plain uh, whatever it was made out of, sugar ball. There was uh -huh. no gum or anything in it. There was no chewy center. Was it hard, hard? It was hard, hard. You just let that dissolve in your mouth. So you really could break your jaws on it. You could probably break yeah. your teeth on it, too. The, the, wow. Wasn't most of jawbreakers a sour taste to them? I seem to remember being sour or uh, a lemon to most jawbreakers. Maybe I'm wrong. Get a set, what they call a sour ball. Ah, uh, okay. Jawbreakers and sour balls were two different things? Yeah, one, one of them, like Walden said, was kind of sour, like lemon. Right. 
your lips shrivel up. <laughs> How big were they, Walden? They fit. About the same size yeah. As a ball breaker. Yeah, you'd be lucky to get uh, in your cheek. You know, you couldn't really bite on the thing. You could look like a cowboy uh, with a wasp. Or, or a chickmunk. <laughs> with a marshmallow in his uh -huh, cheek. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Chickmunk. So they were about the same size. How about, how about marshmallows, John? Did, were there marshmallows when you were growing up? I'm assuming there was, right? Yeah, you could toast them. Okay. You get a, you get a, when you went in the woods and you had a, a wiener roast, you always took a, you to cook a hot dog over the fire, you always look for a green stick. Don't get a wooden one because it'll catch on fire. You get one that's green that still has sap in it. And you would put a point on it for your hot dog or your marshmallow. Right. And if you had the fire going pretty good, you take a whole potato, skin and all, and you throw them in, into the ashes. And then when the fire, we know, got to a point was going out, you could dig out your potato, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, that's a good way to cook baked potatoes, put it in tinfoil and put it in the coal itself. Oh, yeah. we never had tinfoil. Yeah, true. So we just throw them in the fire. Just throw them in. So you could just throw them in the fire. Now, I was going to ask you about toasting marshmallows. Both you guys are woodsmen. What is the big buzz about toasting marshmallows? Well, actually, I didn't care much for toasted marshmallows. I think they're terrible. Well, then what's the big I, buzz? I think it's a, social, a socialization. You know, guys just getting, <laughs> getting yeah. together to hang out. I mean, also, uh, guys like to have black hot dogs. You know, yeah. well, black hot dogs are fine, uh -huh. but burned up marshmallows. And they burn your mouth, and you can't even taste your hot dogs after that. It catch on fire, the marshmallows, you need to blow them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the sugar on the outside that catches on fire, so you've got burnt sugar and hot goo. Yeah, uh, I didn't really care much for toasted marshmallows. See, John, I always thought you were one of the smartest people we know. No, nah, not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't like toasted marshmallows. I think that's very wise. You never burned your mouth. One of my neighbors you? called me up the other day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if she was working a crossword puzzle or what. And she says, John, who sang Dance Ballerina? And I said, um, no, I forgot it. Uh, well, oh. well, I can tell you. It, it's, it's one of the songs that was, it was a number one hit in 1947 and also 1955. Yeah. I think it was. Two times. On RCA or That's right. It was RCA. And the guy, and I'll give you the guy's signature song, Racing with the Moon. Yeah, Marvin Rose. There you go, John. But, uh, so, was she impressed that you knew? I, I knew it right away. She said, John, I know you know everything. <laughs> See? <laughs> she was impressed? Yeah. She might have been working a crossword puzzle or something. I don't know. You're funny. My wife always gets me on it. What's the German word for this and that? <laughs> crossword puzzles. Yeah. Well, I think um, you're a good person to have around with that kind of stuff. So, well, John, what would you like me to add to your envelope? You've got Damon Runyon Theater and Judy Canova coming. How about Bob and Ray? How about Bob and Ray? I've got a great collection of well, Bob and Ray. I thought about that when I listened to Walden last night. We were talking about monitor yep. radio. Yep. 
and I thought about when he, they mentioned Bob and Ray. I said, oh, that, that sounds like good. And there's a brand new book out about Bob and Ray, and we're going to have the author on uh, Friday after we get back from from Seattle to talk about Bob and Ray. So, That's going to be great fun. And now I guess Bob Elliott is now doing some interviews. So Is he? Yes, yeah, so maybe we should reach out to him sometime. Oh, my goodness. Better do it quickly. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I don't mean that sassy like No, but, but he... You know, there are times when we've we've had an opportunity to ask, and it's only recent that they either couldn't or they aren't with us any longer. Or or, or in that case with with Bob, he, he refused to do them for almost 20 years, and now he's opened yeah. up to doing them. I wonder why. I think some people have a change in heart, or, you know, a lot of times, because I've... People who may or may not, I've done a lot of interviews and I have connect. There are some people who are willing to do it with certain people because they, they're a trust factor. Mm-hmm. And there is, and uh, especially if they've done it a lot of times over the years, you know, they, they get somewhat selective. And if you have I mean, a trust with the person, I think you're more apt to get them. I think one of those, one of those, Bob or Ray, one of them is. Passed away, but I think one of them's still alive. That's right. Bob Elliott is still with us, and Ray Goulding passed away. So yeah, I knew one of them passed away. Yep. And I and I imagine that's probably part of the reason why Bob wasn't doing anything for almost twenty years yeah. after Ray passed away. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've not sometimes I've noticed. I have noticed at times that some of the people who have been generally inaccessible. This is not across the board, but you know, periodically I'll see something in writing that they they start enjoying that people remember who they are and what they did. And it's fun to talk with people like that. You know, there, there were times in their lives when they talked with people because they were obligated to talk with them, and the people who were talking with the personalities were obligated to talk with them. So it was just, it, it was like nothing. You know, what do you do and how do you do it? Um, and I, I guess there comes a time in anybody's life where you sit back and say, no kidding, you remember that? Or there are so, some, or some people who decide they're no longer, because they, they, they're scared. Um, for example, the classic example is Doris Day. She does not like to be in front of the public. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in any situation, I just, she had trouble with that during the war and most of her career. And yeah. that's generally... Even though both people know that would be the good, that would be the lady I would love to sit down and talk to, but yeah. I, I just know that for me it's going to be a long shot because I know she's just nervous about anything live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know that's. Um... Yep, I I've sent some few letters and I know it's been read to her. I know her staff is aware of me, but it's just she's just very uh, uncomfortable about doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? If I got through her stage in life with her personality and her, um, I don't want to say notoriety, that's not a good word, that's a bad word, but, you know, being a, a star as she was, and if I had something personal that was important to me, that's what I would do. If I needed to be by myself, mm-hmm. that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. So, well... And we run, people like that. We run, we run into that. I mean, and I, I, and I, I know that because I've known a lot of uh, female singers, and a lot of them is fascinating. They, they are great once they step on the stage, but a lot of them mm-hmm. have mic fright. 
And yeah. that, that seems to be you a know, common Tillis, in, in, in a different area, Mel Tillis, Mel Tillis? Yeah, Mel Tillis had a powerful stutter, but not when he sang. Right. So as long as he was singing in front of people, he was fine. Mm -hmm. When he talked in front of people, he had a problem. Really, really amazing. Okay, John, I will put Bob and Ray on your list. They are sitting there saying, you have to send me to John, you have to send me to John, and I will do that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. was Felix. And I knew Felix wasn't right, but I put in Walter Tetley and the name Felix in Google, mm -hmm. and up came this piece of information that Walter Tetley was the voice of Felix the Cat when the silent cartoons went to talkies, and it was a bomb, and it didn't last very long. But they picked Walter Tetley to be the voice of Felix the Cat, and I, I never knew that. Wow. The end. Who's Hello. there? Hello there. You're on yeah. air. Kurt from La Havre. Hey, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. How are you doing? Okay. Are you joining my army against the post office? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't hear the very beginning. I was busy doing something else, but um, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> I've got three opinions, and I said, okay, look, guys, does anybody there read? Are, are, they, are they able to read? And I was really serious, and she said, oh, yes, they can read. <laughs> okay, you continue on your end, and you, you just decide what you would like to tell me is the final ruling on your own regulation. And I will go to the consumer advocate in Washington. She said, well, they're just going to send it back to here. I said, I don't think so. I do not think so. Um, and Mr. Donahoe, the Postmaster General will hear from me as well. And she said, well, you didn't give me enough time. <laughs> it's a week and a half. I think I gave you enough time. So that's where we are right now. Okay. And well, I, I don't know how many people you sent to got their envelopes. Uh, as far as I know, unless it came yesterday. No, you didn't. You did not. No, I didn't. But, I, but Matt didn't get his either. Well, something, um, Matt's went out. Um, everybody is sending me emails that they got theirs. Okay. I I don't I don't know what to say. No, you know I don't I mean? either because I don't either because uh, because he never got his first one and I don't know why. But I you know so well I will ask him tomorrow because they're they're at the beach tonight and yeah I will ask and I checked, tomorrow. I checked yeah I checked with you on his address. Yeah. And I yeah, and you it did. was correct. So, you know. Yeah, it was correct, and so that's what I used the second time. Right. Um, and, uh, so if both of these show up, he's going to have one heck of a collection. Yeah, I know. Okay, um, so basically then you're not sure what's happening as far as as uh, as our envelopes because... Oh, your envelopes are going out Monday. I'll go to a different post office and, um, you know, just put them through regular mail. This is ludicrous. And she kept saying, no, 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 don't do that, because I want you to go back to the other post office. No, don't send me that. She said, look, I'm just going to go to another. No, 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 wait for how here. much? How much farther is the other post office from where you are? Oh, it, you know, the, um, it's one of those little itty-bitty things in the back of a store. Yeah. 
you know, it's one of those little stations that they rent out. And that's a couple of miles extra, but not a big deal. It it just seems ridiculous to me. As a blind user, now I can see, I can see the, you know, I can see if I get an envelope that, you know, they can ask, but they never Mm -hmm. have. Yes. Although in my area, I mean, I get so much, well, I don't get stuff like I used to because now that we can download cassettes and download Braille books, Mm -hmm. I don't get nearly as much as I used to. But I used to have stuff coming, you know, almost every day and uh, never had a problem with it. Well, every one of their regulations and notations says, first, mail for and by the blind. Right. I think I'm sending something for you. Uh, yeah, and the second yeah. one is people who qualify to send are individuals, libraries, and organizations that are are sending exclusively items that are on the approved list. Uh, you know, anything with advertising or magazines or something like that you can't send. Right. And I know that, but of course the CDs are right in there. And you know, I, I say, okay, now you have to go to publication 347 and then go to 703 in your manual. I mean, it's just incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Well, they tend to agree, and I tend to agree with you, and they tend to agree with your post office. So wait a minute. This is your regulation, and you're telling me you're tending to agree? I want you to tell me what it is. I, I just... Kurt, I am and just one more time. This is yeah, Fort it, Myers, it, Florida. It is ridiculous because, I mean, there, there, I, there's no room for equivocation. No, you no. just read what and the damn thing says. I know. And if if they decide in this particular instance, and of course it's only this instance, that I am not eligible to send you all anything under that postal provision then there are approximately 2.3 million people multiplied by how many who have been breaking the law all this time. Right. And why is it that only one post office has suddenly decided that this is, this, this is so? I can tell you why. So can I. <laughs> it's Fort Myers, everybody. <laughs> Fort Myers Post Office. It's just stupid. Yes, it is. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I and I think, I think not only is it wrong because of their re- regulations, but I think the fact that they lied to you and said, "Oh yeah, you can wait for the postmaster," when they knew he wasn't going to be there, mm-hmm. is flat. He's not even. Yeah, he's not even in that office ever. He's that's, in a, a completely different facility. You know, that's that is a that that is you know, that's flat yep. wrong. There's and and there's no regulation. That you can that you can you know cite that says you're allowed to lie to a customer to make yourself feel good, you know. And so, so yeah, I'm definitely you know I'm definitely. You I'm know, a wussy on this. I I I bite a leg and I stay there. Yeah, I I think that's yeah. Yep. I think I think that's uh, really. Mhm. You know, I I think it's I think I can't understand why. You know, they all of a sudden ha- have decided that they're right and everybody else is wrong. You know, yeah. it's me. I mean, I had to every time I went to this particular post office, which is the one I use. It's the closest one to my house. 
And each time I would have to go through this toe-to-toe, -to -toe, yes it is, no it isn't, it's in your computer, down on the second page, you know, and I'd go through the whole, and then, all right, it would be fine. Somebody would say, oh, that's good, now I'll know for next time. Next time, yeah, they don't have a clue. So now they don't even look at that. Now they see it. <laughs> now they won't even look. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... So anyway, that's my war. I'm not finished yet. We will... Um, we will move forward. We will continue. Yeah, I think you should. I mean, I just, you know, you know what? If you push hard enough, maybe you'll end up on TV. You know, I hadn't thought about that. Give Yesterday USA some publicity. Uh-huh. Somebody at Yesterday USA knows how to do that. I, I think Patricia and I are going to go to the White House. Yeah, you said that last time. And yeah, I don't know about the White House. We'll go to Washington and see Mr. Donahoe, though. Yeah, that's He's our exciting. postmaster general. Well, you know, I, it, it's been a long time since I've been in Washington, D.C. And I've never been there. So You I, can drive. We can do it. Yeah. So you can drive. You we, know your way around. I do. I do. Very good. We can visit Steve, Steve over there at the uh, you know, Supreme Court and talk about old-time radio. Oh, Steve, please be more respectful. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Well, who? So our, our justice. Uh, oh. Our Supreme Court justices. Okay. All right. Be a big old-time radio fan. Just, which, who is the justice? Well, then. Yes. Who is, who is the justice? No, that's an old-time radio fan? Steve. Steven? Steve, Steve Steven. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Steve, or just, is it Justice Stevens? Is it? Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer is a big, is yeah, a guy. Justice Stephen Breyer. Breyer. Okay. He's a gigantic old-time radio fan. I he see. is not Steve. He is Justice Breyer. <laughs> oh. I see. I'm not going to play with you anymore. Well, my uncle's a fourth-star general. I call him Uncle Jim. That's cool. That's if I called him Uncle Jim, he'd smack me upside the head. That's not the same. If you have, you, and yeah, that's not quite the same. That's no, and it's, it's not quite the same. You know, I mean, it really isn't. It is. It's yes. Nice if it was. By the way, um, Walden, uh, the last couple of days, let's see. Your 16K stream uh, was out. Well, I think Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. It seems to be okay now, but uh, I know Wednesday and Thursday because I was looking over my recordings, and I I make recordings of the 16K stream just in case. Right. And it definitely was out Wednesday and Thursday. Well, I'm, and that's what I'm assuming we'll be broadcasting the convention. It's the 16K fee for next week. Well, I hope that you will later on be able to... Um, to run the, the, you ought to talk to reps, and will they let you run the stuff uh, on the 32k on the 32k feed later? Because it does sound so much better. Well, I think we can we can run parts of it on the Friday night show. Uh, basically, the the reason why we don't run it on the 32 during the weekend that way allows the the DJs who would get preempted to still have their place. Right, so. right. But I mean, the quality is so much is that's is true. So much worse on the 16K stream. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds well, okay. it's, it's listenable, but it's not really you know. 
that wonderful. You, Walden, you talk with um, underscore Bill all the time. Last night I caught most of Bill's tape one message, and at the end he talked about the 16K and the, the red and blue and, the, you know, the 16K and the 32K. Mm -hmm. is, is there something happening with that that would have accounted for the interruption? No, I don't know how much. The way it works, we have different computers streaming. The the 32K is a separate computer from the 16K. And we don't know big techs doesn't, ha doesn't have it queued up that if it goes down, Bill and Kim don't know if it goes down. So we need the listeners to flag us on when they think the uh, 16K or the 32K goes out. you got to let the station know. Okay, typically the way it used to work, Bill has a alarm and Kim does too on their cell phone. And if there's two minutes of dead air, uh, the, fo the phone wakes up and it wakes everything up in the whole house. And so, uh, but if it's if it's a if it's a computer that goes down, we're not going to know until somebody tells us that. Yeah, because I know that that what was happening on Wednesday and Thursday, it would play the message, but then when the message ended, there would be nothing. Uh, you know, there would be no no sound. No sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, interesting. It would play the message, but not anything. Right. Else. Right, and that's it's done that before, so I'm not surprised. But. Um, uh, underscore Bill, maybe underscore maybe you want to call in and give us an update. Said underscore Bill been sort of redesigning the system the last two years, or so and so I'm maybe not up to date like he is. And he generally has it triggered um, that if we lose our broadcast feed, it goes into the studio and plays music. That's why you've been hearing when we on the 32 key 32 k feed. You've been hearing a lot of Bill Ives. You're right. And that is the default mechanism. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. I know about that. Yeah. I and, know about the Burl Ives thing. Right. And so that's that's what happened. And we don't know when it goes to Burl Ives because there's not dead air. And a lot of our system is triggered by dead air. Right. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, I just wanted to let you know because... Um, since you're going to be doing reps on there next week, yeah, and there true. won't be any any show on next Saturday. Yeah, true. So, actually, I'm going to see um, going to go see my mother again because my brother is coming out from Jacksonville, and uh, so he's coming out on Wednesday, and uh, so I'm going over there, and I'll be there Saturday and Sunday, and then come back Sunday night. Right. And. Uh, so hopefully I'll be taping the the uh, the feed while I'm gone. So it will start everybody uh, Friday morning at 8:45 West Coast time until Ice Cream Social 8:30. Saturday morning from about 8:45 till after uh, 9 o'clock at night, and then Sunday from uh, 9:45 to 11:45 all West Coast time. Mm, okay. Could so, I come to the Ice Cream Social, please? You bet you can. You could save some for me anyway. Oh, we're going to eat have chocolate syrup mm. on vanilla ice cream or mm. most likely pineapple topping. Never mind. You want the chocolate. Yes, please. 
don't mess it up with something healthful. <laughs> Jeez, <Liz. laughs> I don't like I don't like this. pineapple either. So, <laughs> oh, you know, it's not that I don't like pineapple. It just should be reserved for in its own place. You know, it's like kids; they should be seen and not heard. Yes, indeed. You, yeah, well, you can hear them when when you put pineapple on ice cream and you bite it, and you can hear them. It's not the right place for them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I, I agree you. with that. Thank you. So, how are you doing, and how is Kathy doing? Um, Kathy's doing a little better, but she went. Um, they said that her bone is not uh, healed enough to allow weight bearing yet. Oh boy. And uh, so she has to go back in a month for that. Um, I got my chemo last, I got it last Thursday, and they put it in my inner thigh, which is... Oh, you mentioned that, yes. Yes, well, it was very painful and... and, Your uh, inner thigh? Inner thigh, yeah, that's a terrible place. Yeah, that's a terrible place. That's it. not no, well. I'm, I'll reserve. Go ahead. I told them yesterday, no more inner thigh. I don't. I mean, you know. So they put it like in the top of the thigh yesterday, and one injection didn't hurt too much, and one injection hurt quite a bit, uh, which is okay. I mean, I can stand that. It doesn't take that long. And uh, usually, a couple days after the uh, injection, and then I. I get the, the you know, the, the swelling and bruising, and it gets real painful. At least as of now, uh, it has not done that. So I'm hoping that the top of the thigh is a better place this week, which makes up for the fact that I could barely walk last week. <laughs> Far better place. Yes. Far better and, place. And uh, so I told him, I said, no more inner thigh. Only problem was when I went yesterday, my creatinine was like 2.3, and it bounced way right. up. From last from last week, yeah. And they said, well, maybe it's because of your diabetes. Well, they ended up taking my sugar, and my fasting was only 116, which is not that bad. And they said, well, well okay, so maybe it's your, not your diabetes, and so they don't know what it is. Your creatinine is kidneys, not. You know, I mean, diabetes affects the kidneys, but right. your diabetic count isn't going to have anything to do with with um, the creatinine. Well, no, but they thought the diabetes might have to do with the kidneys, that it's causing more kidney damage or, you know. Yeah, but a blood sugar wouldn't give them any kind of an indication in that direction. Right, except they thought it might be real high and that there might be problems caused by the diabetes. The only really good piece of news was they said your your bone marrow was absolutely normal. Whoa. So they, <laughs> Is that something you've been waiting to hear? <laughs> well, I, I did not even expect to hear it. But they, wow. They said because of that, you can now go on to, on to one drug uh, maintenance, uh, which is probably going to be the Velcade because the Revlimid, which doesn't work as well, and also the Revlimid is hard on the kidneys, and she said with your your counts the way they are, we don't want you taking the Revlimid. So mm-hmm. be just going to be taking the Velcade as a maintenance. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's looking. That's looking real well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, looking, you know, it's one. about time you got something decent. Yeah, that's looking. That's real. I mean, like I said, that was a real. I mean, I expected it to be low, but I, I mean that there would be very few cells, but I didn't expect it to be, you know, like absolutely normal. Clean. So, yeah. So that's great. I mean, you know. Wow. Okay, that's one. We'll have to work. 
I'm keeping good thoughts about the next one. Yeah, yeah. You pick. <laughs> so, by the way, Walden, the the, the Freeberg that um, that Larry played last night, uh -huh. very funny. Wasn't that good stuff? <laughs> oh dear, what was it? Oh, he, missed, he started to play commercials. Com commercials that Stan created over the years. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry you did too. He uh, did Contadina, those eight great tomatoes in the little bitty can. He did that one. Yeah. Well, the ones, the ones that he ran last night were the ones for the, um, what were the ones? Terminex. I, I'd never heard the one he, he created, ter uh, uh, Termites. Terminex. 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 Okay. Those were funny, but the ones for the car, I think, with the river. Oh, the G G yeah, he uh, he created cars for um, your safety uh, up maintenance program, and so Those he were great. He, he created the idea that all the car manufacturers create this little tennis ball or no, the golf oh. ball. They hook up to the car and they'll pull the car back when it's ready for maintenance tune-ups. Yeah, that's. Those were great ideas. And, uh, I think I had to be there. These are <laughs> we will. I will see if I can. I will see if I can send you Walden's um, show because I I'm pretty sure I still have uh, I still have the the parts uh, of, of his show because I I have I keep there's basically two copies of it and there's. The one that goes into my sync folder, which is, then there's the one that just sits in the regular folder, and mm -hmm. I will see if I can send it and put it up on SendSpace so you can hear it, because it is very different. Perfect. And these were commercials that's not going to be used for your presentation. So these right. did, these did not make the cut, but they're still good anyway. Oh, God. They're, they're and, and I've never heard the complete version of Payola. The Payola Blues, the yes. Payola, I've heard only the first half. I didn't know there was a second half yeah, to the Payola that Blues. Was, that record. was great. And if you have both of the um, the USA, yeah, I think you should play both CDs because <laughs> nobody ever they always play the first one. Mm -hmm. I think you should play both of them if you can. And that's what John wants to do. I think you should. And uh, it's uh, you know, it's going to be interesting how he tries to get number volume three done. I don't um, think he'll ever get Volume 3 done. Well, I think the biggest thing is trying to find a record label that oh, yeah. underwrite here. Because Stan is a perfectionist, and he was known to do 30, 30 read-through on one cut. Mm. And I don't know if most, oh. most record studio would be willing to put up the money right. to do that. I, I wouldn't lend my ears to 30 times. 30 times. So June... Oh. June Foreign will get people who had to do the same thing 30 different times. This is me over in the corner. Yes. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Oh, my. 30 times. 30 like, times. Sounds kind of like. Oh, those poor people. I hope they drink. <laughs> sounds kind of like Stan Freeberg when he's trying to when he's trying to pick out the coats for the. Uh, uh, that's what they kept telling him. It's fine. Wear that one. <laughs> Yeah. See, see, I knew I was on the right track. Yes, yes. <laughs> too funny. He knows it too. So, anyway, yeah. I, in fact, I will work on. I when we get off the phone, I will work on 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 finding that. And um, do you want to hear just the Freeberg part, or do you want to hear because the, the monitor part?
kind of got cut off in the middle and then restarted. But the free bird well, part. Whatever, whatever you have. And, and if okay. there's something that I don't want to listen to, I'll just hop over it. Okay. Oh, cool. Next, Thank you. Which I got to mention at the same time, your your wonderful, awful show. Yeah. Your, your hits show. Did you listen to that show, Walden? I time I had such a crazy twenty four hours time. I got down to catch up with my day. I I was lucky okay, to well, make it. You have got to you have got to find a way. Either have her send you a copy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to this show because this show is right down your alley. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> you know, I should have mentioned the S words in here. It, because, it's a, because not only is it a, not only was it a baseball show, but I think one of the one of the guys that was a sports writer or something, his name was Red Patterson. Yes, I. Uh, I, think, I, I think Red Patterson is somebody we know for, that used to work for the Dodgers. He also worked for the. I met Red Patterson. He used to. Well, also, we've we've got to get you a copy. And in fact, I will withhold my thoughts until after you hear the show. Uh, you know what he's. You know what Red Patterson's known for. No. He's not known for this show anymore. No. Here's the story. He was the one that had to go find Mickey Mouse baseball, the one that Mickey hit out completely out of Yankee Stadium. It was the longest hit ball of all time. And it was Red mm. Patterson's job to go look for that baseball. It Did he find it? Yes, it traveled 564 feet. How did they know it was the right one? <laughs> how, did, how did they know it was 564 feet? Because, well, that's what he what found the ball and marked it there, and that's where we have measured the longest home run to ever be hit. Wow. But So that was, that's what he's best known for. Okay, well, well, anyway. They didn't well, use him very well in this show. Actually, but, you know, there is a, there's a better story than that about the longest baseball. And I forgot who hit it. Um, there used to be a, a famous old baseball stadium, Ford, Feeder, Ford F- Field in Pittsburgh. And what's known about that baseball stadium, a train went by the stadium. A gentleman hit, hit a home run. It landed into onto a train, and a train went to Philadelphia. So a lot of people claim that is the longest home run of all time. Would, oh, that's funny. I would say that's this. Funny. I guess I would say they're right. <laughs> Do you remember from last week, Walden, that Forbes Field was the first stadium built in the United, uh, actually in the world? That's the what you've been telling me. First stadium ever built. All right. You and know, are you proud of me? I am proud that? of you. Okay, I, I Especially have Especially because I don't care. Okay. I mean, when you, you don't care about something, it's easy to forget, but you, I remember that. You are a New Yorker, right? A. Yeah. All right. Here's a New York baseball Oh, question. dear. Oh, dear. I left myself And I'm going to throw this out to the whole family. Okay, and then I have to go to Kurt's question. I know. Here's the question. Who hit the first home run in Yankee Stadium, and what's unique about it? Well, tell me what year. 1920. Hmm, I have no idea. Okay. And the most uh, unique thing would be that, well, unique is one of a kind. Um, it, the most remarkable thing would be if I could answer the question. Yeah. I don't know. What okay. is it? Okay, and I know you know the, I know you know the, uh, the name of the personality. Okay, well, we'll leave that for the family yeah, there you then. Go. Cause... And, and for Kurt, he'll stick with the stuff that I know. I really don't know a lot, a lot about I know neither of you are a sports fan, but you both know the name of the personality. Okay, well, 
Casey Stengel. Correct. You're absolutely right. He's the first How am one. I doing? Now, what what was unique about his home run? That I remembered it or knew it was Casey Stengel. Well, um, let me see. Casey Stengel. Unique about his home run. Well, they had home run rules that were different from today. Mm-hmm. Did that come into play? Well, you know, more home runs are hit out of the stadium. His was not. It was an inside. And that's, that's, that's right. Why, that's, that's right. That's why Kurt I was got it. In, in, in home run, in home run history, Kurt, Kurt, I think there was, was a period of time run. where you didn't have to hit it out of the park in order to qualify for a home run. Kurt, that lines were. Curry, correct. It was an inside the park home run. All right. Now that's two for two. Josie, both of you did it. Yep. King, that's what we did. Okay. Stingle, well, that's, that's good. I... Had an inside the park home run, the first home run ever in Yankee Stadium. I actually don't understand what makes an inside the park home run. It had to do with the way the uh, baseball field was marked off. You know, you've got a, a, a line that differentiates fair ball and foul ball. Right. In the beginning, they also had lines that stretched out. And if you went beyond those lines, even though it was still in the park, it qualified as a home run. It used to go, if it went over the fence or over a line on a fence or a wall, that would consider out of park. But if it never, if it never reached those and bounced around inside the field and the guy could make it to home plate, that would consider it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's what I thought. That it had to do with the with the guy running the bases. Mm-hmm. That he that that he could get he could run around the bases and score before the ball was 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 before hung he back correct to, to try to get him out. Okay. Well, that's, what an education this show is. I tell you. Yeah. Casey Single. Sure. Oh boy, Casey Single. Good old Casey. <laughs> Good old Casey. All right. Are you ready? Do you want a yep. really, really, Thanks. really, really hard one? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you part of the question and see if you can get the answer. Otherwise, I'll go and I'll give you the rest of the question. Okay. This is I'm going to name some characters in a show. Okay. And only two out of the three I'm going to name, and you tell me which one it is. And it is multiple choice. If you want me to do multiple choice, oh. I'm sounding I'm sounding like the baseball show last night. Okay, George and Katie the maid. Was it Abbott and Costello, The Couple Next Door, My Favorite Husband, or The Great Gildersleeve? Oh, uh, I have no idea. Okay, the rest of the question is Liz, George, okay. Okay. and Katie. I got it. Yeah. I got it. It's my favorite husband. Right. It was my favorite husband. Very good. Very good. I thought, you know, if anybody can get this on just a, a no, teaspoonful of information, it would be you. Yeah, no. I, unfortunately, I had to have the other name. And what was the last and, and what was the last name? What was George Glitz's last name? You're asking me or uh-huh. or, the, or the family here? I don't remember. Um, Kugat. No. George and Liz Cougat. What was it? I thought it was Cooper. They changed it to Cooper. Hold on. George, Liz. Um, we both could be right. I think they ch- they began and w- with Cougat and changed it. Husband Cougat. 
and Cooper. You're right, Cooper was there. Let's see. <laughs> it began with um, Liz and George Cougat. Let's see. My favorite husband. Um, don't go away. Don't go away. Um, Cougat. Um, okay. Um, the series was based on the novels, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat. Hold on. This is Wiki. As Liz and George Cougat, after 20 years, but I know they changed it to Cooper. See yeah, I can see where I can see why they would. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. Okay, after 20 years of, of early episodes, after, after at least 20 episodes, confusion with the band leader Xavier Cougat prompted oh, the name change to Liz and George Cooper. Hmm. So how about that? We've got two people on the show and two people with right answers. Now, how do we, how do we reconcile that? We are good. That's true. We're good. We're good. I forgot about Oh, by Cooper. the way. What? If you look up on Radio Echoes, mm -hmm. and I think on that other site that I told you about last week that you used, mm -hmm. there are some Basil Rathbone uh, word entries, oh, like five I've, of them. I've, I have some of them from eons ago. They are absolutely dreadful. There's they only, belong on my office sure, shows. It's only like a minute apiece. Yeah, and it's about 10 minutes worth packed into that one minute. 10 minutes of agony in one minute. Did you listen to any of them? Yeah, I listened to the, what do you think? I listened to the one about get your goat, yeah. What, what, oh, oh, see, I only heard some with words, not with phrases. Uh, what did you think about his presentation? I, I thought it was okay. I mean, yeah? I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, for the kind of thing it was, you know, it was. Yeah. But I thought well, they were interesting. I thought they were interesting as as word facts, even if the presentation was dreadful. Let's put it. Yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go back and listen to some more because um, like, I value your opinion, and I'll take a second look on it. Yeah, because there's only like five of them, I think, and they're very short. Okay, so the pain will be limited if they are yes, painful it is. for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It what is. do we need? What do we need on your list? You know, I don't know because. Um, just kind of, I'll just kind of leave things open because I really don't know. Okay. I mean, you've done so well so far that you know. Okay, just keep going. Yeah, just yeah. Okay, I'll find some stuff. Okay, sounds great to me. All right. Well, you have yourself oh. a decent week. I'm glad you got some good news this week. Oh, me too. And fine. so I will talk to you guys in two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. And um, so Walden, have a great time at reps oh, well. and uh, tell everybody hello like we know them. You we will. <laughs> we will. And uh, well, they know us. I'll have sorry, to, I, I will have sorry, ice, I, I will have ice cream to celebrate. Kurt and Patricia should have been there. Yes, that's right. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. Just hoist a toast to us. That's right. Okay. Very I'll good. talk to you in two weeks and uh later tonight you should have um you should have files up for the so you can hear those those Freebird commercials. Okay, thank you, Kurt. I really appreciate you doing that. Okay, and I will talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. 714-545-2071. It's our number. Next time, 
I want to give you my two Pooh Bear quotes. I think All right. Hello there, caller. Hello, how you doing? Hi, Ralph. Hello, Ralph. This is Ralph from California. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I'd be suspicious. Uh-oh, boy, this is two weeks in a row. We're in for a rough ride. I had a real good day today. Good. What did you do? Well, I, I was out there uh, working on the chicken coop. <laughs> the girls are very happy. Are the girls pleased? Well, you know, wherever I go, they go as far away from me as they possibly can. Really? Well, you steal their eggs, of course. Yeah. But we... Um, I put an automatic watering system in so that the water wouldn't just sit there and get stagnant, which it tends to do. You're such a good dad. And I, I uh, kind of rebuilt their yard a little bit, changed that around a little bit. Oh, you're so yeah. good. Have you considered getting a Walden bird in there? Well, I, I want to get some more, but... We're supposed to go to Hawaii in September, and then my grandson is supposed to get married in uh, October. So I guess before I could get any more, it would be next spring. Well, if you get a Walden bird, you won't have to worry about getting more. They'll make more. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a real mystery to me. I know my, my parents raised chickens for years, but <laughs> when the... When the when the little babies are born, yeah, what does what the hen feed them? Does, does she do like a bird? Does she regurgitate things to them? Or? As far as I know, they scratch at the ground, too. That's a great yeah. question. You're always sending me out for stuff. Okay, you two guys talk. I'll find out what baby chicks eat. <laughs> oh, Walden. Yes, Ralph. Yeah, when uh, your last caller was on. Yeah. Patricia came over the radio very low. Okay. But she sounds fine on the telephone. I will. I can. I can adjust that. Um. Let's see here. Well, I'll turn you guys. Well, see, I have a master knob, and which yeah. I can. I can. I can get Patricia tuned up for the audience. Nobody else. Can, and we. We internally, you, you, Patricia, and I will not hear it, but the audience just noticed that I just increased the volume. Okay, well, this will be my last comment for a minute, and I'll go listen and see what I sound like. Okay. There she goes. Oh, dear. So, Ralph? Yes? What did he do for flag day yesterday? Did he put the American flag up? Oh, we, we always put the flag up. There you go. Uh, on, on special days, I, I put up uh, a 48-star flag that my father gave me when he went into World War II. Wow. And uh, I've kept it all these years. But it, it's not like these uh, flags that you get today. It's it's made out of wool. Yeah. And oh, my. Really tough made. Believe it or not, it was made in America. Does anybody, here's a good question. You know, do you guys know the proper way of, Retiring a flag. We had to learn this in Boy Scouts. Oh, how to get rid of one? Yep. How do you? Wait, there's a proper way to do it. Yeah, well, I, know I, I was always uh, under the impression that you burned, burned it. But there's a certain way, there's a certain way how you burned it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not, not up on all the details, but and I know they heard them. Okay, I'll tell you. You cut the flag up. You separate the field from the stripes. Uh-huh. And then you cut the stripes, and you and you bird the stripes separately from the field. Really? Yes. That is the proper way uh, of retiring a flag when it gets tanned and worn. How about that? Yeah, yeah I, I knew part of it, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, when I, when a veteran uh, is buried and uh, they give a flag to the family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how they fold it. Yes. It ends up yes, with the triangle with the yes. bars showing. Right. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, every motion that they that they do to fold the flag up has a specific meaning. I would think okay. I was taught how to fold the flag that way, but I never knew what each meeting. You know, I could see see yeah. why. Yeah, I, I heard not too long ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't retain any of the details. But it's supposed to be a very uh, specialized. Okay, so is your is your fly a flag at night? What the special thing you're supposed to do? Light it. The right. <laughs> used to have to light it, but now I understand you don't have to light them anymore. No kidding. That's that, what I heard. Yeah, I thought it had to be like a spotlight or something. If you're yeah. Gonna fly. Uh, yeah, you had to yeah. have a light on it. I was to fly in the dark. Well, I've got chicken information. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, what a, what a rude thing. Are we finished with flags? Or, or... <laughs> no, I mean, really, what, you go from respecting, <laughs> respecting our flag to feeding chickens. I mean, it's... Not we exactly are. This is, this is the why. This, in is, the world. this is why this is the most unique eclectic show on the face of the map. Because yes, it is. who else would be transitioning flag but the U.S. flag and how to feed chicken all in the same breath? Yes. Here well, we I I think our website called My Pet Chicken is probably <laughs> a good one to believe. What do you think? My pet my, chicken. I'm serious. Mypetchicken.com. How can you yeah, go there's wrong another with that? one called backyard chickens. Well, it says I, I'm looking under feed. It says, fortunately, this one does it. I mean, they've got everything from a feeder to uh, drinking water to good grief. You know, I mean, the only thing they didn't talk about is disposal of the of the shells when the chicken hatches. Um. Let's see. Suppliers have formulated special feed complete with everything that a baby chick needs. But that's not really what we're asking. We're asking if they were uh, born by themselves in a, in a barnyard, what did mommy feed them, right? Wow. Yeah. You, you know, chickens, uh, free-range ones, uh, I don't know if, they, if they're given any feed. I guess they live off the land. Yeah, it must be seeds and, and goodies. Jerry in Maryland has information on stuff like that frequently, so maybe he'll know that one. Oh, I hope so. Well, I'll be listening. Yeah, yeah. Pardon? I said I will be listening. Oh, I'm I'm so glad about that. So what is your – we're talking with Ralph in California – up in the north end where it gets bitter cold at night at least under 50 sometimes. <laughs> How's our weather? Oh, it was lovely today. It was in the, 
this whole week it's cooled down considerably. It's been high 70s, low 80s, and it's been pretty breezy. I like it personally. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, very nice. We better hurry up, Walden, before the weather changes. (laughs) Oh, well, I think we can do it. Yeah. Now, how are you going? Well, that's I, right. Well, you're going to be halfway there. Oh, more than halfway. I'm three thousand miles closer. So. Uh, no, I mean, um, between you're going to Seattle, you're going to have to pass oh, Ralph on the way. Oh, that's true. That's well, true. You're right over the house. That's true. I can jump out. You can just, you know, Dave. drop him off. <laughs> He's silly enough to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Uh huh. Yeah. Would do that, wouldn't you? We we went to the. Uh, the veterans' breakfast this morning, they do it once a month, right? And I was talking to this guy who was airborne, and I says, you know, what would, what would motivate you to jump out of a, a perfectly good airplane? That's he says, well, he says, the, the old story is, they gave the guy the parachute. They gave him the, the emergency parachute. And they told him when you jump out of the plane, you pull this cord and you shoot it open. If it doesn't open, you pull this one and that'll open and take you down to the ground. When you get there, there'll be a truck waiting for you to bring you back. So he jumps out and needless to say, neither one of the chutes opens. And he said, I bet that darn truck won't be there either. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Perfectly good. It's an old airborne joke. (laughs) I I know, it's a guy thing. I think last week, or a couple weeks ago, I noticed there was a World War II vet who was 86 that jumped out of an airplane to help raise awareness for his grandson had some form of a disease or something that he wanted people to be aware of, so he jumped out of a plane. Well, he certainly made people aware of something. You know. The local lady here, she's uh, she's at least 85, mm-hmm. and she jumped out of a plane on her birthday with her daughter and son-in-law. Why well, didn't George? Uh, I was George just Bush? going to ask that George Senior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, George. And I yeah, thought right. that was in the back of my head too. I think okay. he just jumped out. Now I think. Then during World War Two, didn't he survive a plane crash in the ocean? He jumped out of it, and the plane hit the ocean. I think he he, he had survived to... the plane crash, but I don't know what the circumstances yeah. were. You're right. Mm-hmm. Jump. Okay, parachute. Last night, one of the things I was doing after I was backing up our file to say, recording the show, I was reading the Wikipedia history of Audie Murphy. Holy cow! You forget. Oh yeah, you he forget, was a hero then. Some. You forget how much combat he saw. Unbelievable. You know. And uh, for people who knew the name, he was the most decorated World War Two hero who wound yeah, up. Yeah, he came. He came through it in fine fashion. Yep, and wound up. You know, I, I always liked George H. W. And here's here's the um. Here's the title of this article is Elder Bush Completes Birthday Parachute Jump, 
Former president celebrates 85th birthday by leaping out of a plane. Now, I always thought this man was put together really well, you know? Um, he did it for his 75th and his 80th. Leaped from a plane and zoomed downward at more than 100 miles an hour in a free fall before parachuting safely to a spot near his oceanfront home. It was a tandem jump with uh, an instructor, mm -hmm. with Sergeant First Class Mike Elliott of the Army's Golden Knights, who guided him to a gentle landing on the lawn of St. Anne's Church. How appropriate. I mean, if they got squashed, they yep. were in the right place. Right there. Can you imagine when he turns 100, Barbara, I'm going to get out and jump out of a plane. I mean, I can Oh, get... my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, he did it for, this was his... 85th? Yep. Is that correct? I said, okay, 85th. Maybe this is 85th, so 90. 90. He'll, he'll do it when he's 90. And when did this, when was this thing done? It was two years ago, three years ago? He's well, almost, he's coming up. He's almost there. Yeah. Um, gee, I like that guy. And he said he didn't eat broccoli. He was so smart. I liked him. And, yeah. and then what did he do? I June 12th, 2009.